Hey, it's Joyce. Every week, I have the chance to chat with an interesting, inspiring human and to share that conversation with you. Join me as I walk and talk with entrepreneurs, adventurers, and all sorts of people who are working hard to empower women and make the world a better place. Now listen, this is not some highly polished, formally produced podcast. It's just two humans out for a walk with the chance to learn from each other. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and join us. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's Walk and Talk. I'm Joy Shulman, the co-founder and CEO of 99 Walks and Jetty Fitness, and I am joined today by Bonnie Marcus. She is an award-winning entrepreneur, Forbes contributing writer, and an executive coach. In that role, Bonnie assists professional women to successfully navigate the workplace and position and promote themselves to advance their careers. She is a leading expert in gendered ageism in the workplace. And her latest book, which I just finished reading this weekend, is Not Done Yet, How Women Over 50 Regain Their Confidence and Claim Their Workplace Power. Bonnie, thank you for taking the time and being with us today. Oh, well, thanks for the invitation. So let's start, actually, with what exactly is gendered ageism? Gendered ageism is the intersection of gender bias and ageism. So women, especially women in the workplace, face uh, gender bias throughout their careers. Um, But it Definite, at certain points in their careers, uh, they feel the effect of ageism along with gender bias. So, for instance, gender bias, you know, we're not paid equally. We don't have the same opportunities for sponsorship, for promotion, for training and resources that perhaps our male counterparts have. Um, and we face the motherhood penalty if we decide that we want to become a mother, which puts us at more of a of a risk for not having enough money to retire toward the end of our careers. So we're always um, kind of facing that unlevel playing field. But when ageism intersects with it, it's it's kind of like a double whammy. And most of us think that, well, this happens toward the end of our careers as we turn 50, et cetera, and show visible signs of aging, which is certainly when it's most evident. And I think when we are most sensitive to it. But in the research that I did a a year ago, I found that this shows up for women at every point in their career. So women under 35, reported to me that they, 77% said they felt the effects of gendered ageism. You know, they weren't invited to important meetings. Their opinion wasn't valued, and they were judged by their looks, similar to women at the other end of the spectrum. So much of your book focuses on women in the workplace, and I know that's the main focus of of mm-hmm. your work, but I do want to talk about a little bit around some of the ways that many of your observations impact women even beyond the workplace. And 
you mentioned uh, in your sort of last answer and reply, visible signs of aging. And it brought yeah. to mind something I found on your Instagram feed that I love. It's a post that you posted, I don't know, some time ago that I loved so much. Many women feel the pressure to look younger. They try to prolong their youthful appearance. appearance. And here's the quote, Bonnie, I love so much. Why can't we age in peace? And yeah. honestly, like, oh, that's like a rallying cry. Why can't we <laughs> age in peace? Seriously. Because our society is so biased against um, aging. And it especially it's women because the research shows that as women show visible signs of aging, we are viewed as less valuable, less competent, which it's just it's incredible, right? <laughs> so um, it has everything. It's called lookism, and because um, society looks at women as they age that way, and there's such a strong bias, such strong stereotypes, we ourselves have internalized it. And so we feel the effects of it. We feel we need to look young to be um, attractive, to find a partner, to get promoted, to, you know, we feel um, ourselves and that holds us back. It's such a strong bias and stereotype um, in our particular society, in our culture. I'm not saying that it's true uh, with every culture, but certainly here, you will see, uh, you know, the effects of this type of bias for women as they age everywhere. Whether you see it in media, whether you see it in print, you know, you see it, um, gosh, you see it waiting in lines at the bank sometimes, you know, um, socially. Certainly. Um, so, I mean, the effects of it really um, impact our life in many, many ways. And it is interesting, you alluded to how culturally embedded it is in mm. our culture. And it brings to mind, this is kind of a silly story, but it stayed with me, uh, probably because of all of the reasons that you have articulated. So I was watching a television show a couple of weeks ago, and to make a very long story short, it was an extended Asian family who were dealing together mm -hmm. with this mm -hmm. sort of crisis. And everybody in the family is talking sort of nonstop and talking over each other until clearly the matriarch of the family, mm -hmm. the grandmother, mm -hmm. sort of raised her hand and everybody fell silent and gave her so much attention and respect. And I remember watching this thinking, huh, that doesn't happen around here. We don't respect older women with that level yeah. of, of deference. And I thought, wow, I guess cultures and, really are different around this. And you can take it to, you know, an extreme where we are actually viewed with disdain. You know, it's not just a lack of respect. We are disrespected. Right. Okay. So. I think everybody listening and participating in this conversation has seen that 
if they haven't felt it, they've seen it. So the question is, to me, the question is, what can we do to fix it? Well, I, the very first thing we need to do is look within and examine our own limiting beliefs and behaviors around this. Because, you know, when I started to do this research, Joyce, and I started to do interviews, and um, I came to the realization that it was like holding up a mirror for myself. I am ageist. I have ageist beliefs, right? You know, and somebody would say to me, oh, you look so young for your age. And I'd take it as a compliment, and I didn't realize how ageist that is. You know, how am I supposed to look at this age? You know, we, we definitely have these stereotypes. And so I think it's important to first look within and say, what, what kind of beliefs do we hold? Certainly, how do, how do we hold ourselves back because we have those beliefs? But also, you know, then we can look outside of ourselves and be much more sensitive and aware of um, some of the comments and some of the behavior of people around us. And I would say that it's important to call it out, to acknowledge it, you know, so that people, it's like a form of education. You know, when Me Too started, women got more confident to call out what they thought was um, offensive, you know, a comment made about what they were wearing at work or something or other that they felt was offensive. And that began to build more awareness and gradually change behavior. And I think the same thing needs to happen here. where Because here's the thing, I'm going to give um, credit here. I don't think that most people understand that a lot of their behavior and their comments are ageist and can be offensive. So therefore, it becomes our responsibility to let them know, number one, how it makes us feel, and also to <laughs> let them know that that's, that's biased, that's ageist. It's a funny thing to think about because I'm, I'm reflecting on what you said with somebody saying, wow, you look great for your age. And in order to call, like, uh, the, the embedded ageism in that is that makes you feel good, right? That's like the internal yeah. ageism. And I don't sort of know how you call that out, right? Because what do you say? Like, I, I suppose you say something like, I, I, I don't know, what do you say? Well, I mean, <laughs> I think, you know, how do you think I'm supposed to look at this age, you know? <laughs> or... You know, something, I appreciate um, what you say, and I certainly enjoy hearing that. But on the other hand, uh, really, it's ageist because, you're, you know, you're putting me in a category based on my age. And exactly. that's what we do. We right. put people in categories based on their age, based on their gender, based on a lot of things, and then we, um, we behave differently because of that, 
because of the category that we think somebody is in. And those categories really, you know, keep us apart, separate us, cause division, not only in the workplace, but in society. Yeah, you you use the word confidence or confident uh, in your last reply. Can we dig into that a little bit around trying to encourage women, help women find that inner confidence, really at all stages of their life, but sort of being sure that that confidence doesn't diminish as we age? I think we need to acknowledge um, the wisdom of our age. We need to acknowledge our journey. One of the things that I um, will ask my clients to do, and I think I mentioned also in the book, is, you know, what battles have you fought and won? You know, big and small. What have you um, really accomplished in your life? We take it for granted that everybody does what we do, you know, and we don't really give ourselves credit for some of the things that we do every day, right? And owning it. I mean, you know, when you write it out, when you write out your story and take a look at that story, you you can celebrate it. Yeah, certainly you've made mistakes. I've made mistakes in life and in my career. And part of owning it all is acknowledging that and learning what lessons came from that. Um, what has given me more wisdom to arrive where I am today? So looking at it from a positive point of view rather than, you know, I'm going downhill because I'm aging. No, you are lifting up others as well as yourself because of everything that you bring to the table every day, because of who you are, because of what you've accomplished and what you've done in your life. And that only works if you're actually willing to put that out there. And I guess that's the, that's the negative cycle of that, right? You become less confident. The world doesn't make it easy for you to put your wisdom, your knowledge, your, all you have to offer the world out there. Well, that, so that's right. Creates a little bit of a challenge. cycle. We need to challenge those limiting beliefs I talked about a couple of minutes ago. You know, um, if we feel that we're too old to um, find a new partner, if we believe we're too old to uh, get a promotion at work, those beliefs lead to self-sabotaging behavior and they certainly rob us of our confidence. So, you know, we definitely need to challenge some of those negative beliefs that keep us stuck, keep us always second guessing ourselves, you know, in self doubt all the time. Um, and reframing those so that we have a much more positive outlook and much more confidence. One of the things I suggest in the book and um, I think is really important to build confidence is to keep a success journal, you know, at the end of every day, put something in that journal about 
what you accomplished that day. It could be anything, you know, big or small. But at the end of the week, review that and say to yourself, wow, what does this say about me? You know, and maybe it's that I'm resilient. Maybe that it's um, I'm a, a positive person to be around. Maybe it's that I am persistent, tenacious. You know, whatever it is, those things over time build new neural pathways in our brain. And we emerge as a more confident person. I think it's important to talk about those things and talk a little bit, as you just did, for all of us to uh, talk or think about the actual steps that we can do to move ourselves past some of that embedded thinking. Because that's tricky. It's hard. It takes work to re recreate those pathways and change those habits of thinking. It does. And um, to build awareness, we need to keep track when we have those negative thoughts and think of um, a statement that will reframe, right? Um, and the other thing to do is, and this is something that I do, and I'm looking at my sticky notes now, Joyce. I've got little stickies with a positive sign, right? Um, and I keep them in my office and I keep them in my house. And that reminds me not to, not to go to the negative <laughs> because we all have negative thoughts. And the idea is how much energy do you give those negative thoughts? Do you give them so much energy that you are stuck, that you're sabotaging yourself, that you're just lost in self-doubt? Um, or do you say, oh, um, you acknowledge that that was a kind of a negative statement, but you let it go. You don't constantly think about it over and over during the day. So it's a great segue to another a type of negative thinking that you talk about in the book. And I'm actually, if you don't mind, I'm going to read a couple of sentences that I, I loved. You talk in the book about your personal fear of aging. And you write, when you're fearful of aging, you don't step into your full power and potential. In your head, the yellow caution light is always blinking. Slow down, be careful, don't take on too much at, work, at once. This prevents you from taking risks, even calculated ones. Seems to me that that's kind of a similar limiting yeah. belief or kind of thought pattern around this fear concept. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I really, this was one of my favorite chapters of your book. Yeah, um, we, we do that to ourselves because we have bought into the stereotype. So, you know, in a particular example, uh, slow down, you're taking on too much, you know, at your age, you shouldn't be traveling as much, you shouldn't be working this hard, you, you know, we should all over ourselves. And instead of saying, instead of looking at it from the positive point of view of uh, taking on a new challenge, you know, learning something new, um, and, and not 
not stopping ourselves before we get out of the gate, you know? Because, you know, in the sense you read, it's like, okay, I need, you know, um, as I'm aging, I need to be really cautious and careful. And we can take that to an extreme where we, we aren't learning anything new. We aren't taking any new risks. We aren't uh, moving ourselves forward in any, in any way. And it's so damaging to ourselves in, on so many levels. On the one thing, on the one hand, it, it holds us back from learning new things, you know, trying to learn a new skill, trying something new that challenges our brain, that keeps our cognitive function um, at a high level. Uh, and, in, you know, instead we kind of hibernate. I mean, you know, this is the extreme. But along the spectrum, Joyce, you'll, you can catch yourself saying, whoa, um, I think I'm too old to do that. You know, um, for, I mean, and believe me, it's a balance every day. Um, in what, yes, what do you mean by, in what way is it a balance? Well, <clears throat> because, you know, I'm, I'm a runner and a walker. And I recognize I can't run as far and as fast as I used to. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't go out the door every day and, and run and, and just work within and my own limits, but at the same time challenging myself because I'll look at my Apple Watch and I'll say, well, you, you did this, these two miles yesterday in X amount of time. So you need to at least do it today. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm always challenging myself, but also recognizing and being gentle with myself that, you know, I'm not 20 anymore. I'm not going to do a, an eight minute mile like I might have. Um, so that's what I mean by balance. Yeah, right. So that's, that's the challenge is being, mm -hmm. to me, it being kind and forgiving to ourselves because there are things, of course, that are going to change in our capacity and capabilities, while at the same time, sort of recognizing those changes, but not, and maybe this is why this fear chapter so resonated with me, because I'm having trouble articulating exactly what's in my head, but it's like recognizing and honoring those changes without letting them turn into a fear-based crap, I better not try, right, because... Right. I, I've, and that has everything I, to do with building your self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And finding that and, balance for yourself. Yeah, and seeing, well, wait a minute, you know, here are my beliefs or my fears. Um, are they holding me back? And, and know, really Bonnie, looking have, at that. I have another question that I don't... Forgive me, I don't remember you addressing this in the book, though maybe you did. I feel like maybe you did. Uh, but also, <laughs> be, being careful and thoughtful about the people with whom you surround yourself. 
right? Because there is, of course, the voices in our head, but then there are the actual people in our life telling us stuff. And, you know, I, I think of two very specific friends of mine, dear friends of mine, one of whom is constantly bemoaning her face, oh, yeah. her wrinkles, yeah, yeah, yeah. her everything. Yeah. And the other friend, we're all the same age, right? And the other friend mm -hmm. is, what's the new challenge? What's going on? She does everything to take the best possible care of herself, but she's always focused on the positive and what's next. So I think kind of understanding the people that we have in our life and the, the stuff we're hearing from outside of us is really important too. Oh my God, we're bombarded. All you have to do is, is um, turn on the TV or, you know, pick up, uh, go online and, and, and look at the, the news of the week and the pictures and who's featured. Um, we, you know, that's why we need to put up our own filter because we are bombarded by this, not just by people we know, um, but by society in general. I'm and we curious, have to filter have, through it and say, well, is that real? Is that real that a three-year-old actress um, has to play a grandmother? You know, can't be like a, a sexy um, uh, character in a movie anymore? I mean, we have to kind of challenge it and notice like, wow, that's crazy you know, and talk about it. On a personal level, have you curated people in kind of your inner circle who are sort of more aligned and pushing back against this? Do you have people in your life who are yeah, very focused on their, their, yeah, the sort of negative side of I that? I mean, I have, because I, number one, am very positive person. Um, number two, work every day to be the best I can be. Um, I think people gravitate to me who are also into eating well, you know, being fit, um, challenging themselves with, with new, um, new opportunities, new, new things to learn, whether it's going to lectures or recommending new books to one another or you know i i think we um the challenge isn't necessarily in our own little bubble joyce it's when we step outside of it where I don't know, we are Bonnie, with I think, it i don't know about that i think for some of us the challenge is also in our own bubbles <laughs> okay yeah okay <laughs> It's not as great, though. It's not as overt, maybe. So you host a podcast called Badass Women at Any Age. Uh, talk, if you would, a little bit about how you named it and what you love to do there. Oh, um, I love the podcast. So much fun. Um, the podcast highlights women who challenge the status quo and are moved to do something 
about it, you know, whether it's something for themselves, like changing their career at 60 or whatever, or becoming advocates and, and trying to change the world in, in some way. Um, and I started writing the book, Not Done Yet. The title I had in mind was Badass Women at Any Age. And I started the podcast before I wrote the book. And then I said, you know, um, I came up with Not Done Yet, which I think is really fantastic. So fantastic that I had to trademark it. It's, you know, a really great title. Um, and I let that, the badass go. But, you know, the book, um, the, I mean, sorry, the podcast kept going even after the book was published. Um, and it's it's so much fun to celebrate the journey that women take. And the only scripted question I ask in the podcast, in my interviews, is how did you arrive where you are today? What's been your personal journey? Because, Joyce, I think that's the inspiration. You know, how have we grown? What have we learned about ourselves? Um, and, and how does that impact who we are, how we show up in the world today? and perhaps the work that we're doing. It all sort of ties together because to know mm -hmm. and honor your personal story goes hand in hand with, with almost where we started this conversation around recognizing and honoring the lessons and the wisdom that that journey has taught you. Correct. It's all one big puzzle, Bonnie. <laughs> And it's all the same energy, Joyce. You know, oh, yeah. it's like yeah, I love that. I That's okay. Right. I think you yeah. know. So the first line in my book is, "I'm pissed." You know, that's the first line because I am because you you know to have to reach a certain age and feel that um, you are not valued as much as somebody younger, um, that you are made to feel invisible at times. Um, you are marginalized, not only at work, but in society in general. After being on the planet for so many years, it really did, it just pissed me off. And I think <laughs> it's, it's that energy of, okay, you know, I need to, um, fight this within myself and to bring much more awareness and change the narrative as much as I can in our society around gendered ageism. <clears throat> and I think that, that I was going to say responsibility, that feels too heavy. So let me rephrase mm -hmm. that. I think we all have the <laughs> opportunity to contribute to that improved conversation around it. So thank you for bringing these messages forward for starting this conversation or having this conversation. Bonnie, if people want to learn more about the work you do, if they want to find the book, Not Done Yet, How Women Over 50 Regain Their Confidence and Claim Workplace Power, where's the best places to find all things well, Bonnie Marcus? Um, my website is bonniemarksleadership.com. And 
You can find out information about the podcast. You can apply to be a guest. It's all on my on my website. Uh, all the information about um, my books, about the articles I've written for Forbes, um, it's all there. Perfect. And of course, we'll include a link to that in the show notes. So thank you again, Bonnie. I knew we weren't going to get through not even half of all the things that we could talk about. So I thank you for your time today and look forward to connecting in the future. Okay. Thank you so much for this conversation. You can tell I'm pretty passionate about it. Thank you for joining us for today's Walk and Talk. Catch new episodes featuring inspiring guests every week and all the places podcasts live. Until then, I wish you happy trails.